1: Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with today's edition of Southern Fried Soccer. Atlanta United drew with Toronto 2-2 on MLS Decision Day. The Five Stripes are the fourth seed in the MLS playoffs. They are going to host Columbus either Wednesday or Thursday. The league is supposed to announce that either later tonight or in the morning. Um,
0: Might have some breaking news.
1: We might. I'm joined Uh, by Jason Longshore who might have some breaking news for us.
0: On their decision day broadcast from MLS. Uh, they said Thursday at 7. Thursday that hasn't at seven. been tweeted out. Nothing else has been tweeted out from the league. I don't know if that was official or if that was speculation, but Thursday at 7 is what was said on their decision day broadcast.
1: That's a little surprising to me because it's my understanding that there's one national TV window, and you figure when Chicago's playing New York, those are the teams that they would want to be broadcast nationally. But
0: I think Atlanta moves the needle.
1: Alright.
0: I think really that's what it comes down to is you see it today with 71,000 plus. The, the, the number, I think it's, what, 48, 200 average attendance for the season. It's the highest mark in American club soccer
1: history. Yep, it broke the record set by the Cosmos uh, way back in 1978. It obviously broke Seattle's mark set uh, in 2015. Um, they set record for highest average attendance, uh, both obviously in history, but total attendance. Um, and overall, well, I mean, they, they sold 71,000 tickets. There weren't 71,000 people sitting in the seats. They may have been on the concourse or what, but none of that really matters. Yeah, there was 71,000 people. a
0: lot people. of people in the standing room area and a lot of people on the sky bridge. That was pretty packed for most of the day. I'll bet a lot of people probably bought the cheap, cheap seats and then moved down.
1: Maybe. Let's go through the goals really fast before we start talking about the game. Uh, excuse me. Yamil Asad scored the first goal on a penalty kick in the 31st minute. Uh, the penalty kick was the result of a handball off of his header from just a few yards away. We'll get into the use of VAR and that in that just a little bit because it was once again bizarre. Uh, Then Toronto tied it up on a goal by Josie Altidore in the 60th minute off a miscommunication between Michael Parkhurst and Brad Guzan. It was a well done through ball uh, from Moore. Uh, Parkhurst thought Guzan was going to come out and claim it. Guzan thought Parkhurst was going to clear it. Neither one did that. Altidore was able to push through Parkhurst and get his foot on the ball and kind of poke it into the goal. Frankly, it was kind of a cheap goal. It was a sloppy goal that Atlanta United players admit it was a sloppy goal. And then Atlanta United came back on a goal by Joseph Martinez in the 74th minute, his 19th goal this season. Uh, Hector Viabo whipped in across from the right, and Martinez was able to get in front of his guy and kind of knock it in to the opposite corner with his right foot. And then in the 84th minute, everyone kind of held their breath because there was a free kick about 25 yards from the goal. It's a pretty good distance away, but everyone knows what Sebastian Giovinco can do with free kicks. And sure enough, he curled it over the wall and to the near post upper right corner kissed off the crossbar and went in Guzan, Brad Guzan said it was probably the only place he could have put it and scored but he did uh, Jeff Lorinowitz, you know said it was it would be a tough goal for everyone else but he's done this has done this so many times that he's good at it Kevin Kratz known for his free kicks uh, agreed that it was a free kick takers free kick so anyway Atlanta United still had a couple of chances to score at the end Anton Walks nailed a volley uh, that uh, Bono was able to keep out and then Jeff Lernowitz got his knee on a shot uh, that went over the goal but let's go back to the uh, the first goal it was a weird play a side ahead of the ball it went off of uh, Drew Moore's hand you couldn't see it from where we were we didn't see it the ball went to the other end of the field uh, Guzan had play had still had not stopped and suddenly the referee stops the play and signals
0: it VAR. Had, it had stopped. I think the way that went, if I remember it correctly, Assad goes in for the header. Drew Moore had, had jumped. He had his hand up. Uh, came off his hand. We thought it just went off the side of Asad's head in real time. Uh, Martinez couldn't get it. Toronto broke down the right side. Anton Walk stepped in with a nice challenge. I think on Altidore, if I remember right. But he won the first challenge, but it went backwards and he was able to recover it before it went out for a goal kick and I think it ended up going out for a throw and that's when the ref stopped it and the thing about VAR they've said that it's only to be used in situations of a clear and obvious mistake those are the words that keep getting thrown out by the league and in this one I didn't see it live, we didn't know what they were reviewing. Mm, The players didn't either we were trying to work backwards like okay there's nothing on the walks challenge that would be reviewed, there was nothing in the box down there, and we start coming back to here and it's like, well, was there a foul somewhere in the box? Because it had to be a penalty. I
1: thought maybe there was an off-the-ball elbow or something like that. that yeah. Were looking at a red card situation.
0: Once we, once we saw a replay, then it's like, okay, that makes total sense. Right. And in that situation, you know, it's not something that the, the center referee could have seen. It's not something the assistants probably would have seen. They probably wouldn't have been in position to. That's the role of the, the VAR. Mm-hmm. And it was correct. I mean, you see the replay. It's absolutely Absolutely a handball. Assad's header is, is going on frame from that distance mm-hmm. inside the six, and you have to call that handball.
1: So that was the odd piece of, of news from the game. The good piece of news from an Atlanta United fan's perspective and team perspective was the entrance of Miguel Almiron, who has missed the past four games with a hamstring injury, as well as Chris McCann, who started and played, I think, the whole game.
0: He played the full 90. Yeah.
1: Good. Um, but Almiron came in. How did you think he played, Jason?
0: I thought you could see a noticeable change in the speed of play and just in the electricity of this team once Almarone came on. Um, I think it unlocked a lot of things for Joseph Martinez. He seemed to be getting frustrated before that. It seemed like the team was responding to Joseph's frustration by trying to feed him more and forcing things to him. So everything just seemed disjointed. Almarone came in and, and looked like the Miguel Almiron that we've seen all season. He didn't look like he had lost a step. He, he looked very smooth. And the second goal for Atlanta started with an Almarone pass out wide, a quick decision, a quick pass, which is something that I think has been an issue with the team as they've missed him, is they've slowed down their play, and at times it seems like they overthink their their attacking play. Almarone plays quickly and decisively, and that ball out to Vishalba, then Vishalba with a quick cross into Martinez at the six, that's that's where Joseph's going to eat all day.
1: At the same time, we were talking about this before we started this broadcast. We both kind of agreed that there They're not playing as patient as they have been during the season where they would kind of work the ball left and right and try to create seams. Instead, they're they're continuing to pound the ball down the middle over and over and over again. And when you do that, you lose possession and you put your defense back under pressure. so it's going to be interesting to see what happens Wednesday or Thursday when they host Columbus because if y'all remember the Columbus games Atlanta United resorted to long balls down the middle to win both games uh, the one in Columbus uh, they won off an assist from Alec Kann, of all people the goalkeeper uh, on a goal to Viaba he could have had one to Joseph Martinez that he just missed scoring on um, Martino referenced this in his post game press conference that Columbus made us play in ways that we aren't used to playing um, the crew I think are a very very good team I've been high on them all season y'all ragged on me a little bit when I put them above Atlanta United in the power pole and my power pole but that's neither here nor there how do you think this game is going to go?
0: They're a better team than they were when Atlanta played them earlier uh, they needed to move Ethan Finley on he was just out of sorts in Columbus and holding that team back Pedro Santos very good signing uh, they're, they're dangerous they're, they're different than they used to be they attack through the middle more than they ever have they used to be a team that would pound it down the flanks and, and put in crosses to Kai Kamara. Now they're a team that likes to play through the middle with their wingers, Merrim and Santos cutting inside. They're, they're inverted wingers. I actually kind of like that matchup for an Atlanta perspective because then you're, you're playing into the teeth of Lorenowitz and Carmona, which I feel is the best defensive midfield pairing and with Leandro Gonzalez-Perez coming back, right. should be back to that setup. The question is Parkhurst. Uh, he came up a little lame after the play with Altidore and I noticed it then but I thought maybe he was trying to buy his team some time after giving up the goal you know taking his time being the, the savvy veteran that he is but it was after Atlanta took the lead that when you come back and you look at it Parkhurst did not go down with the pile with everyone celebrating he stayed back and he was kind of testing his lateral movement back and forth and he, was, he committed the foul on Giovinco's free kick, and you could tell that he just—he wasn't right at that point. He actually motioned to the trainer, yeah, I'm done.
1: Yeah, he said after the game that he was okay, but I think we can see him walking off the field right now. Uh, it may not be him. I, I can't tell for a fact. Um, he said he was okay, but he was moving a little gingerly in the locker yeah. room. They've got a few days to work on him. I would be absolutely stunned if he